for those who are visiting with us. This is our summer studies from the book of Ecclesiastes, and uh, it is our prayer that what God has to say from his word this morning, he will say not only to the people who are regular attenders here, but to every heart who is hearing his word this morning. So will you please turn in your Bibles, please, to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Beginning to read at verse 10 through verse 13. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 10. So then... I have seen the wicked buried, those who used to go in and out from the holy place, and they are soon forgotten in the city where they did this. This is vanity or futility. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly, therefore the hearts of the sons of men among them are given fully to do evil. Although a sinner does evil a hundred times and may lengthen his life, still I know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear him openly, but it will not be well for the evil man, and he will not lengthen his days like a shadow, because he does not Fear God. Our Father, I pray that your Spirit will direct us in not only the proclamation of your word, but the hearing of it. Speak as you wish to our hearts and help us to respond not so much to what a man has to say about your word, but what the Spirit of God causes your word to say to every one of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to listen closely to the introduction I have chosen for this morning. And I'll read it slowly, not because you don't understand it, but because I want it to sink in as you listen to it. I could not find the source, and even the book I got it from did not give a source, so I'll just read it. Listen to what the skeptic says. It is not science that has led me to doubt the purpose of God. It is the state of the world. It is the pitiful and ending struggle for existence among the nations. It is the collapse of our idealism before the brute fact of force and chaos. It is the feeling that there is something demonic in the heart of things which is working against us, that there is a radical twist in the very constitution of the universe which will always defeat our purposes, make havoc of our dreams, and bring this pathetic optimism crashing in disaster. Purpose? Look at the world. That settles it. Purpose? Look at the world. That settles it. 
I was in my study this past week, and I, of course I was listening to the news from, from Canada. And uh, six out of the first seven items were all catastrophes. A mother in British Columbia who drowned her two little babies and then drowned herself. A train in Lake, uh, one of the French places in Quebec. Someone did not put the brakes on the train properly and with all kinds of explosive, just the train ran into a town killing 52 people, some of them that have not yet been found. And on and on it goes. But among those things are the part of life where we live every day where we are. And the writer is looking at not so much internationally. He is looking at life from the soil on which he's standing. And what he's seeing, if you please, what he is seeing is repugnant to reason. He cannot believe that God is allowing things to happen that are happening. We're going to look at verse 10 later on. But because of this idea that something is wrong with the universe, we begin to use our minds to do things that are contrary to reason. Let's, let's begin with what I call human misconceptions. You know what a misconception is? It's to see something and to come to the wrong conclusion. It's, it's to use it for anything but what it is supposed to be used for. So look at verse 11, if you please. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly. Now, he's not saying that, that justice is absent. He just says that justice seems to be delayed. Why is it that someone can kill 12 people in Colorado over a year ago, and it will take two years before that person comes to justice? It just doesn't make sense. And, and, and the concern he has here is that you look all over the place and you see this idea that justice is delaying in almost everything. Let me give you a definition of justice according to the, to the dictionary. It is the upholding of what is just, especially the fair treatment and the due reward in accordance with honor, standard, or law. It is the administration and the procedure of law. Law is supposed to be there to execute justice. And what the writer is saying, I am looking at this. And a sentence may be passed, but someone can be on death row for years and years and years and years and years. And it never seems to be executed. I cannot understand why this is taking place. We talk about it. We write about it, and yet there doesn't seem to be anything to say that justice is being executed 
for things that are supposed to be sentenced, as your translation says, because the sentence is not executed properly. <laughs> His concern is the carrying out. It is what is decreed. It is justice that is delayed. It is not carried out with consistency. It is the idea that, that, that it is possible if you have the right twist on things, you can carry on in justice over and over and over and over and over again. And it just seems that we are just fighting a losing battle. It is like trying to grasp grease with oil with your hands. From the human side, the writer is saying, I don't see anything that gives me any hope for what is happening. It happens in every situation you can think about. <laughs> I remember when I was in college. I would get an assignment. And I was one of those students. I'm not boasting, it's just what I used to do. I get an assignment and I immediately am on my assignment. I don't wait for the night before. I, I, I get into my room and that's all I did was to study. And I would study and study and study and study. And then there were those guys who played and played and played and played and studied the night before and they get an A and I get a B. There's something wrong with the system. And, 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 you know, we laugh about that, but isn't it true? Have you not tried your best? And the harder you try, the behinder you get? Like the writer would say, there's something twisted about this. In a Middle Eastern country this past week, a young New Zealand girl went to visit this country. She was raped. And she was jailed, charged with prostitution. You see, injustice all over the place, we see it. We cannot understand from the human side why it doesn't seem that people could use their heads to come to good conclusions, but it doesn't seem that way. But there's something worse than the human side of injustice. The writer is telling us something else. He's saying, one of the things I don't understand, it is one thing that it seems that, that human justice is delayed. But I'm going to tell you what's worse than human justice being delayed. It's divine justice. Why is it it seems that God is doing nothing about things that are happening? Turn, if you please, very quickly to Habakkuk. That's not a thought I had. It's a book in the Bible. Habakkuk chapter 1. And while you're turning, I'll read. Listen to, the, listen to a man of God talking to God. How long, O Lord, will I cry and call for help and you do not hear? How long will I cry to you of violence, yet you do not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And cause me to look upon wickedness. 
Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists. Contentions arise. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. This, this, this is a writer in the Bible. His biggest problem right now is not so much with human injustice. It is the silence of God when people are hurting. It is, it is giving the idea that God doesn't care. And he's wondering, what will take place? How much more can we deal with? Why is there injustice more than justice? Why do we have laws if we don't carry them out? And you can see the mental confusion, the repugnance to reason that's going on in the mind of people and even people in the Bible. But I want you to see the diag diagnosis of justice. Look at verse 11 again with me. Chapter 8 of Ecclesiastes, verse 11. Because the sentence or justice of evil against evil deed is not executed quickly, therefore, and would you allow me to be a little bit repetitive here? Whenever you see therefore, you ask what it is there for. You see, men look at injustice and they say, aha. Aha, I know what I'm going to do. So now he's going he's to really give a diagnosis to this thing, almost, almost like a, a criminal lawyer. Because injustice seems to take place, there seems to be no penalty, or when it delays itself, it gives me opportunity to use it for my benefit. Let, let, let me read it again to you. Verse 11. Therefore the hearts of the sons of men among them are given fully to do evil. If I am not going to be punished or if I'm only going to be punished for, then I can make more out of evil than I will have to pay for evil. So this is what I'm going to do. Justice delayed lead to the conclusion that the delay can be profitable. So the heart or the mind begins to, to, to deal with ways by which he or she can benefit from this. You know, you know that a few months ago, there, there was quite a floods in Alberta. And, and one part of Alberta, placed by the name of High River, was just flooded out. Most of the people lost just about everything. And so they invited people to come and help people to clean up. And you know what people were doing when they were cleaning up? They were stealing the belongings, the little that was left for the people. Wow. Wow. Because they never, they never thought they would get caught. 
You know, I tell you, my mind never works for the presence of a policeman until I see someone speeding. Not simply speeding, but endangering people. And I say, where, where is the police? I mean, if, if I tried that, he would be right around the corner. But isn't it true, friends? There is something in the human heart that if it can find a way to escape the penalty of what is wrong, it will choose to do what is wrong. Psalm 36. He plans wickedness on his bed. Psalm 94. Let me read it for you. In Psalm 94, verses 3 to 7, I'll read the whole section. 94, 3 to 7. How long shall the wicked, O Lord, how long shall the wicked exalt? They pour forth words, they speak arrogantly. All who do wickedness vaunt themselves. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widows and the strangers and murderers and the orphans. They have said, the Lord does not say. That's the conclusion. Have you not heard, my friends, of elderly citizens in, in Portland that someone comes up to their place and say to them, I am from this place and I need this and, and, and we need your money and for some reason they give the money? I, I cannot imagine anyone sitting and planning to manipulate an innocent person to take the little that they have so that they can pay for whatever practices they're doing. But it happens. You see, my friends, if we don't see justice executed, we begin to feel. We begin to feel that it pays. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I've heard people say this. And, and some people, you know, Try to put it together. Capital punishment does not stop murders. That's true. But I'm, I want to ask you another question. Does traffic sign stop speeders? Just because the sign is there doesn't stop people from speeding. But it says to people, if you speed, you may get caught. And so if people have the sense that if I break into a place, I am going to get caught and I'm going to go to jail, they will think twice before they do it. Oh, I tell you, I can get into this one, but I won't. I'm not an American. I don't know how to, how to deal with the gun laws. <laughs> but, but you can see what people are saying, friends. They're saying, if the law will not take care of me, I will take care of me. Because, because justice is delayed. It is believed that delayed justice is denied justice. And so the, the, the writer is, is, is going through the entire process within himself. Saying, when will something be done so that I can feel safe where I am? so that I can have trust in those who have been given the responsibility of governing my life. Because, therefore, 
Here is my conclusion. And so what does this lead to? This leads to what I call human delusion. You see, the concept is, is what I begin to think about things. The delusion is I now begin to live it out. So in Ecclesiastes 8, 12, and 13, look at the delusion I call of longevity, verse 12 of this text. This is what he's saying. Although the sinner does evil a hundred times and may lengthen his life. Isn't it amazing? That, that some, sometimes a gangster will live until he's 80 or 90 and a righteous person will die at 45. It's happening all the time. But what he's saying is this man or this woman begins now to think that he or she, as long as they're able to manipulate around what they're doing, their lifespan will be, will be lengthened. I, I won't die at 40. I won't die at 50. I'll be able to see what I want coming to conclusion. And, and this is exactly what happened to the psalmist in Psalm 73. In Psalm 73, the righteous now looks at the longevity, looks at what is happening with the wicked. And this is what he says, Psalm 73. I was envious of the arrogant. I saw their prosperity. There are no pains in their death. They live long life so that at the end for them, they live as though they were doing everything that was right all the time. There are no troubles. They are not troubles as other men. They are not plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. Their eyes bulges with fatness, that is, prosperity. Here's the man who's cheating. Here's the man who uses the law to do what he wants. Here's the man who lives a long life and his life has no pains, no difficulties. And here's a Christian, here's a righteous man, here's an innocent citizen trying to do his or her best. And they're the ones who seemingly experience the negative experiences of life. And so there is this delusion that all I need to do is to make sure that I don't get caught and I will keep on doing what I'm doing regardless of the potential consequences. Now you ask yourself the question, why does this happen? My friends, the Bible has the answer. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, listen to Peter as he speaks. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as men count slackness, but is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Your longevity, my friends, is not because you are clever, but because God is long-suffering. 
if, if God wanted to zap you off the universe, he would do it in a moment. But his long-suffering, your longevity is because of his long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. And it might appear that justice is denied. But my friends, for the sinner, for the wicked man who tries to manipulate the law, let me tell you, the justice of God was seen at the cross when Jesus died for the sins of all men. That was God's justice. And now your longevity can benefit from his justice over your injustice so that you are able to know the forgiveness of God because God does not God is not a bully that's why he doesn't zap us every time we make mistakes or every time we sin he's long suffering long suffering I don't know what that is friends I really don't know you know whenever my mom when she was alive used to say to us, Winston, my patience is running out. I knew what that meant. And it was not come for a cookie. <laughs> See? And I, I, might, I might try my mother's patience. And I might try it. And I might try it. But my friends, there is a time, there's a limit to human Long suffering, even for those that are loved in it. But please listen to me. There is coming a time when the long sufferings of God will end when you continue to refuse and to reject it. Because by refusing and rejecting the long suffering of God, which is intended to lead you to repentance, it is only that you have chosen the wrath of God. Those are not my words. Those are the scriptures. And of course, they are my words because they are God's word. Delusion about longevity. I look, I look at the wicked and I see that they're having fun. They live life in the way I'm not living it. I have, I have I've disciplined myself, but I get the difficulties. It is only that payday Someday. The accountability of life then. The delusion of longevity. And here, here is the accountability of life. Listen to verse 10 again. So then I, I, I said, I have seen the wicked buried. Listen, friends. Death is the universal equalizer. Payday Someday. I don't know when death will come, but it will come. Please listen to how the writer deals with payday for the Christian. Verse 10 tells about the equalizer, but is death the end of it all? One British humorist said this, we're alive, we're lonely, and we die. But is that the end of the story? If death is the equalizer, it happens to the wicked as well as the, 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 uh, the godly, then is, is, is there any future 
Someone asked Billy Graham, Mr. Graham, what if when you die, you realize that it wasn't true? Everything that you have been preaching around the world, what if it wasn't true? <laughs> Billy Graham said, I have nothing to lose if it wasn't true, but what if when you die, you found that it was true? You see, my friends, I tell you what the Bible says. Proverbs 29, 26. Justice for man comes from the Lord. And I may escape human justice. Was O.J. Simpson guilty? Human law says no. But he has another law to face. Was Hitler guilty? There's a fellow in Toronto. For all the years he lived in Toronto, he spent his time trying to deny that the Holocaust really took place. I mean, he, he, he defended it. Never, it's, all, it's all an illusion. And I thought you should talk to some of the people who experienced that illusion. Prob, uh, Isaiah 49.4 I have toiled in vain I have spent my strength in vain, yet the justice due me is with the Lord. When the people of Nigeria or any other country are threatened with the loss of job, the burning of their homes because they're Christians, and the law, because it is a Muslim law, takes the side of the murderers and the burners. You know what Isaiah 49 says? The justice that is due me in this is with the Lord. And you, my friends, and I may have faced difficulties, misunderstanding, criticism, condemnation in this life. And you are wondering, how do I justify myself? Don't try. Justice for you will come from the Lord. Don't try. For the godly, beloved, now we are the children of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Death doesn't end it all. Death is not the end. Death is just the beginning of the sentence. The songwriter understood this when she wrote, It will be worth it all. When we see Jesus, life's trial will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Listen to what he says. It will be well for those who fear God. Who have the sense of a holy awe of God. A reverence that caused them to live their lives seeking to bring it into conformity with God. That's the promise for the future, my friends. The scripture says the day is coming. Payday for the Christian is not in this life. It is in the life to come. Paul says we have hope in this life and we have hope in the life that is to come. But I want to quickly get 
to the evaluation of the ungodly. Verse 13. Look at it. But it will not be well for the evil man. And he will not be able to lengthen his days. See, he thought that because he wasn't getting caught, that it was his genius. No. When the day comes, you will find out. The end result is not the same for the ungodly. John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. The day is coming when all that are in the grave will hear the voice of the Lord Jesus, the judge of all the earth. Some will rise from the grave to everlasting life. Others will rise from the grave to everlasting punishment. That, my friend, is the future of the man who rejects God in this life. The cross of Jesus Christ is there to say, you don't need to go there. You don't need to be punished forever. We have to listen to men like Professor William Praveen from Cornell University, who in spite of what the Bible speaks of the, the fact that death doesn't end at all, listen to what he says. This is what the, the, the professor is teaching students every day in his classroom. When you die, he says, you are not going to be surprised because you are going to be completely dead. Now, if I find myself, if I find myself, if I find myself aware after I am dead, I am going to be really surprised. But at least, <laughs> listen to this, but at least I am going to hell where I won't have to listen to grinning preachers on Sunday mornings. You know why he believed that, friends? Because here's his worldview. Here's his worldview. There are no gods and no goal-directed forces of any kind. There is no life after death. When I die, I am absolutely certain that I am going to be dead. When I die, I am going to be absolutely certain. Do you see, do you see the conflict? The conflicting ideas? If I'm dead, how, I, how can I be certain? <laughs> That's the end of me. There is no ultimate foundation, no ethics, no ultimate meaning in life. Since we know that we are not going to live after we die, there is no reward for suffering in this world. You live and you die. In spite of what the Bible says, the writer says it will not be good, it will not be well for, for, for the ungodly man, the man who does not fear God, the man who has no reverence for God at all, the man who uses his name as a curse word, who sees God as having, as, as Richard Dawkins, the British philosopher, said that religion is like a virus that has to be expunged from our lives. Payday. Someday. But my friends, if Jesus Christ has paid for your sins in this life, you have a future that is better than the present. 
He offers you life with a simple verse of Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Payday for the godly and the ungodly. But friends, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, if you trust in him, your payday is going to be different than the payday of those who rejected him. I trust that in these moments, in this service, you will call upon Jesus Christ to become your Savior if you have never trusted him. Lord Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner, that you died for my sins. I now receive you to be my Lord. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Give me the strength to live for you the rest of my life. Let us pray. Payday someday. What a terrible, terrible way to live, Lord, not knowing that death does not end it all. The thief on the cross, knowing he was about to die, said to the Lord Jesus, he saw something in him, and he said, when you come into your kingdom, he knew that death was the next step, but he knew that there was life after death. When you come into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus said, you're going to die physically, but you will live on the other side, for today you will be with me in paradise. I pray that you will give the very same assurance to someone in this place this morning, someone who has never trusted Christ as Savior, realizing that they may get away with certain things in this life, but they will have to answer to God in the next. May they answer now so that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse them from every sin and give them a hope for the future. And I pray in his name. Amen.